It is my joy to welcome you to today's podcast. Our prayer is that the Lord will minister to you in a special way during our time together. Church, on the outset, I would like to thank the pastoral team, which gave me this opportunity to bring the message on the Mother's Day. I would just like to congratulate, to give my best wishes, my prayers, and my blessings to all the mothers, grandmothers, and the mother-in-laws who are listening to this message. Before I come into the word today, let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, we just want to thank you for this time, God. Father, we thank you for the technology which helps us to connect with one another. Lord, we just look unto you this day, Lord, and pray that you bring your word to your people, God, that you minister to your people, Lord. Father, help me as your child to bring your word and spread it before the audience, Lord, and allow your Holy Spirit to take the right portions to them and allow their spirits to absorb the truth that is hidden in this verses and your gospel. Feed us with your word, God, because this is the manna which actually satisfies our thirst in times like this, Lord. We just want to exalt you and lift your name high, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have structured my message today in three parts. In part one of my talk, I take you on one side of the fence where you are the mother and I shall be sharing what is expected of us or of you as mother. In part two of my talk, I shall take you on the other side of the fence where you have a mother, a grandmother, or a mother-in-law and what is expected of you in your attitude towards them. In part three of my talk, we will make an attempt to go over two to three important questions which are related to our practical life and in our journeys at some point or the other, we encounter those questions. Let's come to the part one of my message. I'm going to be referring to the story of Rebecca and Isaac. And before I refer to the story of Rebecca and Isaac, I want to just give you the age of the characters which are involved in this story. Let's look at Abraham. Abraham became father when he was 100 years old father of Isaac. Now, Isaac got married when he was 40 years of age. Now, after his marriage with Rebecca, for 20 years, they did not have a child. And that's the time when Isaac prayed. So, Rebecca got pregnant when Abraham was 160 years of age, and their marriage was 20 years down the line. Now, Abraham died at 175 years of age, which means actually Abraham lived with Isaac and he also saw 14 years of his grandchildren, that is Esau and Jacob. Now let's get across to the the book of Genesis chapter 25. The book of Genesis chapter 25 brings it out that Isaac, when he married Rebekah, he realized that Rebekah was barren. So when we look into this chapter, we realize that Isaac prayed unto the Lord and he prayed unto the Lord and the Lord heard his prayer and Rebekah was 
pregnant. Now, when Rebecca was pregnant, she realized, well, there is something happening in that pregnancy. And the Bible says that Rebecca went and inquired of the Lord. The reason I'm giving an emphasis to these two things is to bring out that the life of Isaac and Rebekah was anchored to the Lord. Isaac went to the Lord pleading for his wife to conceive and Rebekah also inquired of the Lord when she realized there are some turbulence she's having in her pregnancy. And the Bible speaks that the Lord spoke to Rebekah and what the Lord spoke to Rebekah is that in your womb there are two nations that shall be divided and then a very prominent and a very predominant prophecy was that the older will serve the younger one. Now, Rebecca held these truths to her life. The Bible says as we move forward that, that the birth was given. It is Esau which came out first from the womb and Jacob was holding on to the heels of Esau and was the second one who came out of the womb. This was the beginning of the family life of Isaac and Rebekah. Now, I would want to bring out certain things to you or enact certain things to you that in those days, there was no Tata Sky. In those days, there was no Prime Video or Hotstar or Netflix. So the family time together was the time when the husband, wife, and if they are living with the grandparents, the grandparents and also the grandchildren, they all sit together. And like I mentioned in the earlier part of my message, that Abraham did have opportunity to sit alongside with his grandchildren. And generally, the grandchildren gets across to the grandfather and says, Tell us a story. And Abraham would have narrated the story of his relationship with God to them several times. Abraham would have said, you know what, Jacob and Esau, the God of heaven visited me. Hey, the God of heaven visited you, grandpa. Yes, he visited me. And he visited me and he gave me a promise. He said that you will become the father of nations. I never understood that promise because at that time, well, your father was not even born. And I was thinking that I don't have a child. How can I become father of nations? Both the grandsons would have sat around him with their eyes popping out. And then Abraham would have said, you know, several years passed, Jacob and Esau. And then God visited me again. And he said, Abraham, don't lose heart. You will still have your son. And I said, okay, Lord, I will believe in you. So, well, I want to tell you both, Jacob and Esau, that I believed whatever God came and told me. And according to what I believed, when I was 100 years of age, that's the time your dad came into this planet and was born. And both the grandchildren looking at their grandfather would have asked, what next, grandpa? Uske baad kya hua? And then Jacob would have said, rest of the story, I will tell you tomorrow. And again, next day, grandchildren sitting around grandfather and Jacob would have said, and, and Abraham started off the story, you know, actually when your, when your, when your father was few years old, you know, God gave me a command and God said, well, take your father and sacrifice him. 
and both the grandchildren looking at the grandpa saying sacrifice our dad grandpa what are you speaking and abraham said no children i am speaking the truth and i took your grand your dad and your dad was very obedient you know what i never even told your grandmother that i am taking your father for a sacrifice i took him i put the wood in place and i decided to put him and put him to put him on the altar for sacrifice and both the grandchildren jacob and esau looking at grandpa and then grandpa revealing the most mysterious things the voice which he heard from the heaven and saying that god was pleased with him and god pronounced a promise on him and god pronounced that through him nations will be blessed through him generations will be blessed both the grandchildren are listening to this story both the grandchildren are realizing that there is something special about their family both the grandchildren are absorbing that their family has a very unique and a very close relationship with god that's the type of bringing up which was given across to both jacob and esau and when we read in the book of genesis chapter 25 we see that esau comes back from the field and he is very hungry and he is famished and because he is hungry and famished he gets across to jacob who is working out and making a stew and he says give me some soup i need to eat and drink something and jacob in his cunning and in his cunning nature said well i will do that if you sell me your birthright and esau thinks to himself what use is birthright to me if i die and he says all right brother the deal is done you take my birthright but give me stew or soup and some food in exchange and rebecca as a mother is watching these things rebecca as a mother is watching that both the children have been given the same teaching both the children have heard the same stories narrated by the grandfather both the children have realized how important their family is in the eyes of the lord both the children have comprehended the fact that they are the ones who may have to take the lineage for forward but yet jacob holds on to the truth make use of an opportunity to grab the birthright and esau did not care about his birthright for one bowl of soup and decides to sell it off i want to tell you church as a mother you observe as a mother you recognize as a mother you hold close the things which god reveals to you sometimes in our teachings of your being a godly mother we are taught to pray with our children we are taught to read the gospel with our children we are taught to inculcate faith in our children well in this story the same was done by isaac rebecca and also by abraham but yet the receptivity of both the children were different and rebecca was recognizing that that difference in receptivity in receptivity so the first thing which i want to bring to you is that a mother recognizes mother recognizes let's see more of this recognition now 175 years abraham has gone to be with the lord the esau and jacob has become the teenagers now now they are spending their family time with their mom and dad 
And as a teenager, Jacob asks a question. I'm just enacting this out. Dad, how did you meet mom? Mom, how did you get married? Was it a love marriage or an arranged marriage? And Rebecca told Isaac, Tumhi batao na, you only tell them. And Isaac said, you know, when my mom died, I was very attached to my mom. And I was mourning for my mom. And my dad, dad called the oldest servant. And my dad called the oldest servant and said, I cannot get my son married where I live amongst Canaanite. But you need to get to my own land. And when you get to my own land, you need to find a bride for my son. The servant went across to your mama's land. You know your mama, Laban? Well, that time he didn't know him, but he went to that land. And I want to tell you, boys, your mom is physically very tough. Actually, the servant only asked for water for himself, but she decided to draw water for the entire camels. And the servant knew that she's the one whom God has chosen to be my wife. The servant went across to the parents of Rebecca and asked her brother, and I want to tell you boys, your mom didn't hesitate and took a step out in faith. And within 24 hours, she decided to begin her, her journey towards where I live. We met in the middle of desert. I was meditating and I saw a caravan of camels coming from the other side. Your mom also saw tents here. She got down, she unveiled herself. I saw her face. And that was love at first sight, my children. Your mom also inquired, who is this man? And the servant said, he's the master's son. And that's the time when I took your mom to Sarah's, my mother's tent. We got married. I accepted her as my wife and I love her. And both the children are listening to the same story. Both the children are listening to the important fact which Abraham took a decision of not getting his son Isaac married to a Canaanite woman, but sending the servant away back to the land to get the bride for his son from his own tribe. But when we read in the book of Genesis chapter 26, verse 34, it speaks that Esau decided to get married to Judith, a Hittite woman, and also Basemath, again a Hittite woman. So he got married to two women, and both of them not from their tribe. I want you to understand, church, both the children received the same teaching from their grandfather and from their parents, but yet one decided to sell off his birthright because he never understood the significance of his family. And he also decided to get married to a Hittite woman and not to a woman of his own tribe. Once again, defying the very teachings and the mother Rebecca recognized and remembered what the Lord had spoken to her, that the elder one will serve the younger one. The first thing what a mother does this is that she recognizes. She recognizes the depth of the relationship what her children cherishes with Christ. She has given the best of teachings. She has given the best of herself to imbibe the word of God in them. But she looks for discernment and asks the Lord, Lord, help me to see how deep are my children's relationship with the Lord God. 
Lord, how can I impact more that relationship that they grow, God? Lord, that's what a mother needs to do, that she recognizes the depth of the relationship. And Rebecca realized that Esau, somewhere down the line, has lost that relationship. Let's look at the second thing what mother has to do. The second thing what mother has to do is she has to relate to her husband. And in the similar manner, the husband has to relate to the wife. And they both need to discuss what they have recognized or what they have discerned. In this case, this was a failure. Because Rebecca did not discuss what she recognized about Jacob and Esau with Isaac. Or even if she discussed or related to Isaac on it, Isaac did not pay heed to what Rebecca was trying to tell him. Well, Rebecca decided to take her own way and decided to deceive and cheat her husband by putting Jacob in front to get the blessing. I want to tell you, church, you can only be an effective mother if you relate well to your husband. When I say the word relate well to your husband, what I mean is that you communicate well to your husband. And the same thing is applicable to husbands. You can be an effective father, not just independent, but unless you relate to your wife and you both take joint decisions with regard to your children and you both are joined as one in your thinking. Whereas in the case and the story which we are reading, the story which began as one of the beautiful love story in the desert of love at first sight, after 60 years, because 20 years later, Esau was and Jacob were born. And 40 years later, it is Esau who got married to uh, Basemath and to Judith. On the 60th anniversary, this love story had entered a cold storage. A cold storage where there was no relation between Rebecca and Isaac. And Rebecca took her own decision. I want to tell you, church, idly, Rebecca should have taken a hearing aid, got across to Isaac, put the hearing aid in her ears, because by then Isaac was about 100 years old and would have said, Isaac, it's time for you and me to talk. And I want to remind you that when I was pregnant, what the Lord spoke to me, Isaac, and I have been seeing Jacob and Esau over the years. And I feel, and I feel in my spirit that somewhere down the line, despite the fact that we gave the best of teaching to Esau, but Esau has just left that teaching and Jacob, and, and, and Jacob, though even though he's a deceiver, but yet he has held on to that teaching. And Isaac, as a mother, I want to recommend to you that we need to be careful about whom we give our blessings because God has given us this responsibility because you know how your dad was close to God and you know how you are close to God. But the Bible does not speak about that relationship between Rebecca and Isaac. And that's where we realize that Rebecca went on an independent path to cheat the husband by bringing him Jacob before him and making him bless Jacob. So the second thing which I want to bring out as a mother we need to do is to relate to our husbands well. 
to relate to the husband well and the same thing applicable to the husband. Now what happened in this story next? If you read in the book of Genesis chapter 27, that's where Isaac pronounces his blessing on Jacob. And if you read verse 41, it says, Esau hated Jacob. This resulted in animosity between the siblings. As mother, refrain from doing anything which brings disharmony amongst the siblings. As mother, refrain from being partial. As fathers, refrain from being partial when you deal with your children. In this story, the mother recognized that it is Jacob who is the chosen one, but the mother could not relate well to her husband and that resulted in them being partial and that resulted in an animosity between the siblings. So as I share with you today, in my part one, what is expected of you as a mother, I want to bring to you, recognize the depth of the spiritual relationship with which your children have with Christ. Be blatantly honest about it. Do not allow your emotions to cover the faults of your children. The second thing is, Relate to your husbands well. Communicate with them what you see and what you discern and involve them in any decision-making which you do. The third thing is refrain from being partial to your siblings because you may sow the seeds of partiality which you will not reap but your siblings will reap after you are gone with some sort of an animosity between them. Let's get to the part two of my talk where you have a mother, grandmother and a mother-in-law and what is expected of you. And, on, and in order to explain to you this, I would like to draw an analogy that each one of you is a good cricket batsman. A good cricket batsman learns how to play every type of ball. He cannot get on the crease and say, well, I only like to play pace ballers. I can only play the spinners. I can only play the off spinners. A good batsman balances himself and is able to receive every type of balling which is thrown at him. And we will see some of the verses which comes before us now. Let's look at the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. It speaks when God is saying to a man, you shall leave your mother and father and you shall cleave to your wife and you shall become one flesh. Now, sometimes we as Christian takes this as a ball which is coming to us from a baller and stand onto one extreme and think that we have to leave our mother and father and cleave and we say all right start packing start packing we have to leave and then you come across to another verse which is given in the book of exodus chapter 20 verse 12 which is the first commandment where once again the lord is speaking honor your mother and father and it says for you to have long life you have to honor your mother and father so when you were reading Genesis 2.24, you were standing on this side. When you start reading Exodus 12, you come on to this side. 
And then you get across in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, you read across in the Gospel of Mark chapter 3, Christ is in the middle of discussions with the Pharisee and suddenly the door is knocked and somebody comes and tells Christ, you know, your mother and your brothers are waiting for you outside. And Jesus makes a profound statement and says, who are my mothers and brothers? Anyone who does the will of the Lord becomes my mother and brother. And sometimes we may take this out of context and we may say, oh, my mother is not a believer. So why should I do things to her? Because the Bible tells me whoever does the will of the Lord becomes my mother and my brother. And I come again back to this extreme. And then you read in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 15, where Jesus is actually rebuking the Pharisees and saying, you guys, you turn your parents out of your house and you say the money or the resources which are meant to take care of the parents, you are giving to the synagogues and for the kingdom of the Lord. And Jesus is rebuking them and again trying to highlight the importance of honoring your mother and father. So when you read the word of God, the balls which the batsman is facing, well, vary and gets across to extreme. At times it speaks about leaving and cleaving. And on the other hand, it speaks about honoring your parents. And I was asking the Lord, Lord, how do you want me to bring this message across to the audience? And the Lord took me to the book of Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 22 onwards where Paul is speaking about the relationship between husband and wife and he compares it between the relationship between the Christ and the church and he says wives be submissive and husband loves your wife as your own body and in the last verse of Ephesians chapter 5 he summarizes everything and says well wives be submissive and respect and husbands love your wife and I was thinking I say Lord that doesn't give me an appropriate reply of how I need to bring this message across and then the Lord took me to Ephesians chapter 6 and Ephesians chapter 6 verse 2 again brings out where Paul is speaking honor your mother and father because that is what will give you long life well I want to tell you Church, that what God is revealing, that there is a balance and there are two sides of the balance. On one side of the balance is Ephesians chapter 5. On one side of the balance is Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. And on the other side of the balance is what is written in the book of Exodus chapter 20. That is honoring your parents. And on the other side of the balance is what Christ is speaking in the gospel of Matthew 15. That you abandon your parents and you need not do that and, and the Lord reveals that a good batsman takes this balance as a reality in his life where he will have his wife on one side his family on one side and he has to give the right priority to them and on the other side of the balance will be his parents where it will be expected for him to honor his parents so the first word which I want to bring to you what is expected of you is to accept this reality. Accept this reality that you do not operate on extremes. Accept this reality that you do not operate where you totally get into your wife and your family and forget the parents or vice versa, where you totally get onto parents and forget your wife and your children. The word says that there has to be a balance. 
And the balance is something what a batsman does. He knows which balls to leave. He knows which balls to hit. He knows which ball just to play defensive. Before I tell you two more things as to how you balance your life, I would just like to explain to you the word leaving and cleaving. The word leaving and cleaving is generally absorbed by us that we have to relocate ourselves. So when you speak in counseling and when you speak, you know, the children or the newly married couple, the first thing which comes to their mind is that we need to leave. Whereas it's not just about physical relocation, it's about reprioritization within your hearts. That are you able to bring in a priority in your heart where you give more love to your wife, where you pay more heat to your wife, where emotionally you are reorienting yourself within your heart after your marriage. It's important for you to do that after you get married because that's the command. That's what the Bible speaks about leaving. And the second aspect what he wants to bring out is recalculation. Are you setting your finances in an independent mode where you start taking decisions? So when you, when you understand the word leaving, don't just focus on physical leaving, but focus on not just relocating, but even reprioritizing and recalculating because it's connected to your emotional life. It is also connected to your financial life. Now let's look at, look at how do I maintain this balance? Two words which will help you to maintain the balance. The first word is respect. As as children, if you have mother, grandmothers and mother-in-laws, the word respect will cut across any culture. You have to respect your parents, your mother, your mother-in-law and your grandmother. You have to respect them for who they are. You have to respect the generational gap which has come in. You have to respect that they are not so technical savvy as you are. They cannot see the smartphone the way you see it. They still have a value for a hundred rupee note. They will still calculate pennies when they have to give to someone. They will still get across to the market and bargain with a shopkeeper trying to get a five rupee or a ten rupee reduction. Those things may appear to you as to why they are doing it, but you still have to respect them for who they are. I want to tell you, church, sometimes when we see these generational gaps, we think, I don't think I'm cut out for these things. I don't think that I need to do these things. And we just get away from our parents. But I want to tell you the word respect means that you have to accept them, accept them the way they are and love them the way they are. The second thing which will help you to balance yourself is about responsibility. I want to tell you church, if you have mother or mother-in-laws or grandmothers, you have responsibility. I cannot take myself away from responsibility. These responsibilities will be your responsibilities towards their health, these responsibilities will be responsibilities towards their finances, towards their emotional health, towards their physical health, and you are expected to discharge your responsibilities. Sometimes we as children think that our life becomes too, too fast. The pace of the life becomes too, too much. Why, why should I be able to take care of them? I want to tell you church in no 
uncertain words or mixing those words. The Bible speaks about it so beautifully and clearly. Honoring your parents. The word honor gets covered between the word respect and responsibility. And while you take these two words, respect and responsibility, church, you will realize that at any point of time, when you are on the batting crease, no matter whatever comes to you, whether it comes from this side of the balance or whether it comes from this side of the balance, just keep these two things at the back of mind. I need to respect them for who they are. And God, you have given me responsibilities and I will abide and discharge those responsibilities as long as I live. I'm not speaking what is not given in the Bible. When Jesus was on the cross, and if you read the book, the Gospel of John chapter 19, Mary was standing down and Jesus makes a statement, woman, and he points towards the disciple he loved. This is written by John. And then he speaks to John and says, John, and he looks towards Mary, which means Jesus on the cross is saying, well, I have a responsibility and I'm assigning that responsibility to you, John, that you're going to take my earthly mother to your house. And, she, and he also makes it a point to communicate the same to Mary. Well, if our Lord, who is son of God and son of man, could understand that responsibility at the time when he was being crucified and taking the sin of the world upon himself, he could have said, I'm too busy. He could have said, well, why do you concern me? He could have very easily given some excuses. You know, I have a mission and my mission is to take the sins of the world. But why does the Bible records that two verses which are given in the Gospel of John chapter 19 to drive this point to us that if you need to live a balanced life, you need to work on two principles of respect and responsibility. If I need to sum up my part two, what is expected of you? The first thing expected of you is accept the reality that you have to maintain the balance. You cannot get onto any extremes of balance. You have to lead with discernment and maintain that balance. The second thing is, how do you maintain that balance? By respecting and by accepting that you have responsibility. Let's come to part three. And I'm going to list out three questions in part three. The first question which I want to bring out to you is, as daughter-in-laws or as son-in-laws, do you have or do you have the respect and responsibility towards your parents and towards your in-laws? And as I speak this question, I would like to address this to the men and have a men-to-men -man talk and have a man-to-man -man talk. Well, as son-in-laws, do you think or perceive that my mother-in-law and father-in-law are not my responsibility? Well, it's a responsibility. They have to fend for themselves or their son will take care of them because that's what the tradition says. Or do you think and believe in your heart that the respect and responsibility is not just towards your parents, but it is also towards your wife's parents? The Bible says that the Lord looks at the very intent of our hearts. I want to tell you, brothers, sometimes in our tradition, in our culture, it overwhelms and it buries the truth which is given in the word of God. It's our responsibility 
to remove the rubble of traditions and see the truth as it is presented. The word respect and responsibility cuts across your mother and father and cuts across to your in-laws. And the same thing applies to the wives and to the husbands. Let's get to a second important question. As you are taking care of your parents and your mom and dad loses one of the partners and now you have a single mother or a single father, how do you think it's going to impact the balance of your life? Well, I want to tell you, church, sometimes we may take an extreme and say, well, let things continue the way they are. They may not continue the way they are. That's where I said in the very beginning of my talk that there will be some aspects in my talk which will be relevant to our context in India. Our context in India does not give us the old age homes the way they have in the Western countries. The old age home in the Western countries surpasses the comforts of a five-star hotel, whereas in India that does not exist. So if somewhere down the line your parents lose their partner, your responsibility will increase and your responsibility may impact the way you take decisions and yet maintain balance in your life. Men, you have to raise up to that occasion. That's why God gives you the spiritual leadership in this house, in the family. That's why God shoulders you that you are the leader in your house because you will have to take decisions in your home and yet maintain the balance where you love your wife, where you reprioritize that emotions and yet you honor that single parent. Coming on to the third question, which I want to bring to you is what if you are the daughter and there are no sons in the family, who's going to take care of parents? This question sometimes haunts the parents and this question sometimes haunts the daughters because once again, the traditions which are bounded brings out is the sons who take care of parents. Daughters are not supposed to take care of parents. Well, I want, to, I want to cut across again, the word respect and responsibility is not gender bias. The word respect and responsibility is as much for the son, as much for the daughter to take care of the parents. And if you are the husband of a woman who is the single daughter or who is the single uh, sibling in the house taking care of her parents, you have to support her in taking care of her parents because you are abiding by what the word of God brings out, honor your parents. Well, church, I would like to sum up my entire talk. As a mother, recognize the spiritual depth in your children. Relate to your husbands. Refrain from being partial. As children, if you have mothers, accept the reality that you have to leave, live a life which is balanced. Don't get on the extremes. Balance the life. Respect your parents and accept the fact that you have responsibilities. As I bring my message to a close, uh, I, would, I, would like, I would like the audience to acknowledge all the mothers, the grandmothers and the mother-in-laws if they are sitting with you. I would just like you to put your hands around them and we just pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, on this beautiful day, which is 
call the Mother's Day, Lord. Lord, we just acknowledge you. Father, we just pray for all the mothers that you bless them, Lord. Lord, they have poured their lives. They have made sacrifices, immense sacrifices for their children, God. I pray, Lord, that help them recognize the depth of spirituality in their children. Help them to relate well to their husbands, no matter whatever the age of their marriage may be, God. Help them to refrain from being partial masters. Thank you for all the sacrifices, what they do, God. Father, I pray for the children, Lord. Help them to accept the reality that life doesn't run on extremes, but it's a balance. And also accept, Lord, that the word respect and responsibility will help them maintain balance. Just pray for the mothers, pray for the mother-in-laws and all who are watching. Bless them, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking time to listen. If you would like more information about our church or would like to make a comment, please mail us at info at newlifeag.in. God bless you.